Mel Woods. And for my admissions essay, I'm gonna tell all of you at Harvard why I'm gonna make an amazing lawyer. Hey everybody! Hey everybody! We this time it here. wasn't the it wasn't the clapping that got me. It was your little giggle and anticipation of the <laughs> clapping that got me. It's just getting earlier and earlier. Now, soon enough, the concept of us recording anything is just going to make me lose it. <laughs> just the I think I just do it now on principle of it because we really don't need it. But no, it I... will be forever a tradition <laughs> that came from the year that was 2020 into 2021. And we have exactly to commemorate right. it somehow, and yeah, it's we... going to be through the clap. We build these little monuments that tell us where we're from, and we have the we carry these little totems with us for the rest of our lives. And I'm glad to have your little tiny clap mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yep. to keep with nothing. me forever. It does nothing but set a tradition, and welcome to our tradition. <laughs> welcome to our welcome to our podcast about clapping. We're showstoppers with the latest clapping news, clapping styles, clapping trends from uh, the rest of the world. Jesse, how's your week, bud? My week has been fine. It's been fine. Okay. Totally fine. Uh, like like C plus, the... B minus. What's going on? I'd give it a C plus. Like it's C nothing plus. out of the ordinary. Yeah, sure. Um, it's not. It's not a bad week, but it's not also like a great week. So I can't say that I am going to take anything away from this week. <laughs> we would. We would. If oh. if we were to meet with the week's parents, we would encourage them to have their their child uh, try more to exert more yeah. of themselves. Yeah, exactly. like we know you have the potential to achieve more than this. If I have not expressed to you the value for you in doing so, that's on me as your teacher. But I would love to see more of you in the future. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's exactly. that's my week too, buddy. Yeah. Um, it was International Women's Day this week, so we'll Correct. recognize that. Happy International Women's Day to every Happy International Women's listening. Day. To you in particular, one woman in particular, Miss Jesse Lynn, the host here. Very, very appropriate the movie we're covering today for International it's Women's so Day. True. <laughs> Celebrating How our most convenient. important woman, our most iconic woman ever. But we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Hold, yeah. Um, well, this week also brought with it some dramatic news. Correct. From, I was going to say across the pond, but no longer. News Harry from and Buckingham Meghan. Palace. News from the Crown. Royal <laughs> Report, Jesse Lynn. What you got, buddy? What's the what's so, the the capital beat? So this week, Oprah interviewed Harry and Meghan um, about which their one? departure. Uh, which Oprah? There's only no, one. No, which Harry and Meghan? Any ones in particular? Oh, um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. That's right. That, okay, cool. Were, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. That's this is what I had in mind too. Yeah, go ahead, Jesse. You go. <laughs> Um, and there was some dramas, okay? We learned a lot about mm-hmm. this shenanigans is the kind mm-hmm. word I'll use to um, reflect on uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's experience of their marriage, of having sure. a child, uh-huh. uh, and basically all of the suffering that they had to go through. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> um, and it sounds pretty miserable. Like, the things she was sharing are were terrible. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, that was, I was glued. I was, I was watching right. the whole thing so intensely. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Right. And did you watch the entire Oprah special? Cause I've, I've just seen the Cliff's Notes version after the fact. Uh, some big takeaways. No. Uh, the, the British monarchy, not fond of people of color overall. <laughs> They don't go out of no. their way to support people of color. Um, they they don't, don't even try. <laughs> no, no. They go out of their way. They don't even try. They'd rather not, honestly. They're, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're more content to just do away with the whole thing. Um, Meghan Markle was driven to the point of suicidal ideation based on the treatment from the royal family. Not great. Uh, yeah, basically, like, I, I'm not going to get any points for saying this is not terribly surprising behavior on behalf of the House yeah. of Windsor. Uh, this is this is kind of well known or well understood that these are uh, ancient people in their 90s who have been rich forever, like fabulously wealthy forever and complete psychopaths the entire time. Um, they are a generation removed from honorary Nazis. Um, but it, it doesn't surprise me, but it's still, it's really, it sucks to hear about shit like this. It really yes. sucks. To, like, you, that's, like, that's nice lady from a uh, burn notice or suits or whatever yeah. she seems nice just leave her she alone seems cool uh, you want them to not be like that and then everything shows you that they're just fundamentally like that but you want them so badly to not be that you know yeah. and then you see this poor woman who says who said in the interview also like i'll give you my whole I'm committing to you, basically. Yeah. Um. I'm. I understand that I'm marrying Harry because I love him, but I also understand what I'm marrying into, and I am here to service you. I'm here to be of service to you. Yeah. And at every turn, you know, they just ignored her. She's saying, "I need help mentally," uh, and they're like, "No." No, thank that's you. Not, that's not what we do here. <laughs> It'd be um, a bad look for the crown. It'd be a bad look for the House yes. of Windsor. They yeah, kept calling it, it the firm. That was the hilarious. Firm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The collective. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a kind of thing like I, I, I truly dislike the monarchy and what they stand for and what they've done over the years. And it's not surprising to hear terrible things about them, but it it gives you this sense of like. Okay, so this is a part of a nation's fabric, um, mm -hmm. a commonwealth's fabric, moreover. So this affects more than just the one country or continent. Uh, and it's not going to change because no matter how many stories like this come out, like Princess Diana was run off the damn road. Um, likely. And it's like, it was the same story. She was telling the same, same story. Like, how, how did you not learn? So this family uh. is both pointless to the rule of governance in the in britain and they are also just cruel and miserable old fucks they suck they're terrible get rid of it i think my favorite part of this whole thing was you know how there's been this whole controversy on the crown like um they want them to put a disclaimer at the beginning saying it's fiction or whatever this is deeply flattering to the worst people on earth yeah exactly and um and Harry was on James Corden the other day. I don't know if you got to see it, but it's, no, it's hilarious. Um, it, it's actually a really fun watch. But James Corden is talking to him about um, uh, about the, uh, you know, everything. And also they talk about the crown. And he asks sure. him, you know, what do you think? Like, what do you think about the controversy of the crown and how it's representing your family and blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, 
Uh, I prefer it to the tabloids and yeah, the papers no <laughs> because, quite frankly, the crown is based on truth. People can understand that it's fictionalized, but also right. it's based on it's based on the truth. So it might give you an idea of what things yeah. are really like. Um, uh-huh. But the tabloids are published as fact. You know, yeah. those those things get published as though they are truths. And I thought that was an amazing point. Uh, and also furthering the unne- the non-necessity of putting that disclaimer at the beginning of the <laughs> I think a more effective disclaimer, like policy for Netflix on The Crown, a show I like, and I'm going to keep drinking that garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I like that show. It's garbage. fun. Uh, understanding that it's completely fictional or that's biased towards some of the worst people on earth rather than a disclaimer at the top of the show if they had like a um what was that pop-up video style guide throughout the program where when every new character was introduced they just popped up a little blurb saying uh, pedophile manslaughterer <laughs> white supremacist ex-nazi if they just had those little banners following everybody around then i think we'd have a better appreciation for the context of this family Oh my God. <laughs> so uh, accurate. Was on the Epstein flight logs, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what was really, what was just another little plug for the crown um, is all of the, they kind of swept at the Golden Globes. Like the guy yeah. who played Diana won and as did Charles, the guy who played mm-hmm. Charles. Um, so that was kind of cool to yeah, see. Yeah. What did them, you think about the most recent, uh, what, what what were your thoughts on the most recent season of that? Because that was, that's felt like kind of a, uh, like a diversion from the normal show, but what did you think? Yeah. No, I loved I loved the new season. I think, you know, we're getting to the point where I, I remember these moments, or at least I remember my parents experiencing the moments because, you yeah. know, when Diana died, I was younger. And um, uh, my mom, I remember just being her being so devastated about it. And, you know, I've been able to sort of follow the Harry and Meghan story because I'm a cognizant adult now and I can (laughs) read the papers and articles and whatnot. But, um, you know, I can follow that more closely and I can can see why she was so deeply affected by Diana dying with her being the people's princess. And they did a really nice job illustrating her, her spiral. Um, yeah, and how alone, like like illustrating her isolation, and um, how captive she was. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was effectively in a little menagerie the entire time, exactly. couldn't see the outside world, communicate with anybody. Yeah, it it sucks. It's a it's a real shit life. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, despite the fact, uh, and we'll get into this with the movie we chose today because there is a lot of sympathy being gathered for like a uh, a wealthy, attractive white woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but never, nevertheless, it it sucks. It's a shitty way to live to live one's life, and it's in service and in perpetuity. Uh, in pe- per- 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 Jesus Christ, uh, <laughs> it's in service of. All right, that word's retired. It's in service of an institution that is uh-huh. cruel by its nature, that's exclusionary by its nature, that's uh, classist and perpetuates a terrible economic system, and it just sucks all around. There's like, nothing good about this. But the Crown, fun show. Pretty people, uh, pretty people in fancy rooms. Looks great. Yes, yes, love it. Love the visuals. So <laughs> great. But um, what's been up with you this week? Before oh we man! Jump in? So we made a commitment to um, like we're gonna ramp up our retrospective uh, episodes pretty soon. We're gonna start talking in preparation for the Oscars about like our best of 2020, early 2021. So I have been watching a lot of movies recently, or I've just taken like days off or. 
I, I always expect very little of myself. I've just been expecting slightly more recently. Like rather than like you could let Friday Night Lights run in the background while you play games on your phone or you could check out this same same day as theaters uh, uh, on demand oh. service you have here. So I have watched a lot of movies over the last few days and we'll talk about some of our favorites coming up pretty soon. Um, I got to get on it. I've, I've got to start. To be honest Brother, with you. There, there's a lot of work to be done, but I, I've had a lot of digressions as well. So when I watched Minari, my my natural next step could have been to go to some other movie that came out late last year. But it was just like, oh man, uh, I'm really underdeveloped in my Korean film knowledge. Let's just like follow this weird tangents to like watch Park Chan Wook movies and uh, uh, and also like rewatch Parasite, but also check out The Handmaiden, which is fucking excellent. So Ooh. don't don't ask too much of yourself. Just just follow the flow, <laughs> and we will eventually have seen some movies that came out this past year. <laughs> excellent. That mm-hmm. is the path I will take. I, I'm I'm really anxious to see some of the the movies this year. Like I can't wait to see Promising Young Woman. That is maybe sure. number one on my list. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. I watched that just a couple of days ago. I would love to hear your uh. thoughts on that. I can't wait. Um, in Nomadland, I'm really excited mm-hmm. about as well. Um, so lots of really great movies this year, I think. So it'll be it'll be fun to sort of break those down, and uh, and we may do that here pretty soon as we ramp up to the Oscars. So definitely, definitely, as such as they are. Yeah, it's a, it's a ceremony. I'm very curious about this coming year because they had a lot. I'm sure they learned a lot of lessons from the Golden Globes uh, telecast from this year, yeah, and I'm very it wasn't interested. Good. <laughs> Apparently, there were some opportunities in the production. <laughs> Apparently, in a year marked by underrepresentation of of uh, black uh character actors having <laughs> given an award to daniel kaluuya and his mic not working is maybe the yes, funniest the thing very first award <laughs> goes to a black man and you can't even get the fucking mic to work it's the best that's so fucking funny and it, it shouldn't be but it really really is and it really speaks to if you were to make a metaphor of how out of touch a body like the golden globes community is then that's i mean that's the one yeah well, I did appreciate how Tina and Amy were like, hey, you you done fucked up, basically, yeah. at the beginning. They called him yeah. out. Like, none of you, none of you uh, represent this community. So how could you even be a right. good judge of, of good film in that community or TV in that? Like, oh, man. Which is a slightly more sharply worded of uh, version of speeches that have been made by hosts in the past, both the Oscars, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the Emmys, the Golden Globes. Let's see if it sticks this year. Let's see what happens this year. You know what and I mean? I think you and I both can acknowledge that the, the Oscars and the Golden Globes are generally enjoyable <laughs> things to watch, oh, but yeah. are very, very flawed uh, award ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> and have almost like if it weren't for their outsized influence on what next year's media looks like, then they would get a lot less attention because they're they're yeah. almost invariably wrong about just about everything with the with the exception of the one year that you and I have covered officially, which had a yes. lot of good decisions with the Oscars. That was a good yes. year. Uh, we'll see how year. it turns out this year. But no, if, if it weren't for the fact that they determine directly where money is funneled into the production of which uh, media and who gets jobs and who gets to work next year then yeah, we're, we're, it's it's almost as though they are the monarchy. It's as though they have an outsized influence to their value as an industry, uh, but we are beholden to take them seriously because of the impact they do have. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm not optimistic, <laughs> put it that way. But I think the bar the bar is sufficiently low this year. 
I think we, we can ex- expect very little of everybody if they do a, a one nice thing, like like one composer gets a nod that they wouldn't otherwise have gotten. Cool. Good job, Oscars. But we'll see. Yeah, I look forward. <laughs> man, I just look forward to covering this year in media with you because I think it's going to be a weird one and a good one. And yeah. I think the collection of media that came out this past year, just by virtue of the fact that whatever happened to be in production before COVID hit and it was able to squeeze the last couple of months of production out, that's what we got this year. Um, but it, it created a weird little like talent pool and content pool that I, I look forward to discussing with you. But that's not why we're here today, Jesse Lynn. Uh-uh. Hyphen Grossman. <laughs> that we are here to discuss a very particular thing. We are continuing our series of our personal favorite movies of all time. Last week uh, we covered with uh, the inimitable Chris Damon. I nailed that word. That was you tough. Did. I'm tired from work, but I got that one. <laughs> um, we we spoke with the the greatest human being on God's earth, Christopher Damon, about my favorite movie, Raised in Arizona. And this week we are ready for another of Jesse's choices. Jesse, without further ado, what the hell are we covering today, bud? Today we watched, well, whenever you watched it, but we watched Legally Blonde, which is one of my top five favorite movies of all there time. There we go. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> this one was like one of the no brainers on my list, probably with, I think, I think my last two and my top uh-huh. five is where it gets like, I could swap those out at any time. But these first three, Jaws, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade and Legally Blonde are non-negotiables. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've kind of spread my like halfway convinced that they're my favorite movies like throughout the list so they'll pop up every once in a while um but jesse i'm very excited because i had never sat through this movie entirely it's something (gasps) that's on a lot and has been around for a long time it it feels like it's part of the firmament uh but jesse tell me about your love of this movie and why this was a non-negotiable spot in the top five so this is a movie, oh gosh, it came out in 2001. Um, I was 11. Um, I, I can't even remember the first time I saw this movie, but um, I saw it really young. I must have seen it super sure. young. And um, I think I just remember being mesmerized by this person on the screen yeah. because she was so different than anything I'd ever seen. <laughs> She's like spunky and peppy and um, kind of fun and quirky, but also maybe a little bit... Um, uh, 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 elusive like she doesn't she's not quite all there but she gets there um, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and so I just really appreciated this woman who comes in um, and you know follows this guy not to get too far into the plot before we discuss sure. it but follows this guy to um to a school to uh-huh. win him back what a flawed concept uh, but you know <laughs> Very relatable a, story. A classic for rom-coms and all romantic literature, though. Pursuing exactly. the one you love. Yeah, go ahead. Bud. And um, just becoming this incredible woman, um, it, even though she she doesn't get the love of her life back, but she realizes that that wasn't really the point. She's really an amazing, incredible person. And That's correct. all she really needed was to figure out herself and her own path. And she found it and she was good at it. I mm-hmm. love that. I think that's a, just an incredible story. Um, you know, I will I will preface all of this uh, or, or actually say it afterwards, but I will say sure. it's very flawed. You know, you watch it now and you're like, oh, <laughs> there are some things that just you couldn't really remake it in the same way. But 
But um, it's just a movie that captured me. And it's um, like, I know all of the lines. I found myself saying like, what? Like, it's hard. Uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> with all of the, the moments that are so iconic, you know, uh, a road trip. Let's all go. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so I love all of those moments, but it's it's just something that I watch over and over again. It's one of those movies for me. It's an over and over again movie. I remember living in Maine um, for a summer and I was by myself and I would be commuting. I had like an hour commute back and forth to Portland and I would put this movie on I in the car. So sure. hold on before you freak out. <laughs> okay. I would put it on uh, and I wouldn't. I put the screen over. It was like listening to a podcast for me. Yeah, definitely. I would just listen to it. I loved this movie so much. The music's great. That iconic yep. opening song. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, son. That was in. That was in every movie trailer for about a decade after this one yes. came out. Yeah, that's that's my familiar with that song. Yeah, go ahead. Then. <laughs> Uh, so I think for all of those reasons, I remember I had a good buddy in college and we would watch this movie over and over to, again and then, you know, find different moments throughout the day to quote it to one another. And sure. um, so all of those little connections to this movie has made me love it even, even more. Um, I think it's just a great, a great little story. And it was the first time, maybe one of the first times, um, yeah, you know, at age 11, I was seeing like this woman just grow into herself, which was yeah. really cool to see on TV. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a, uh, an empowerment movie. It makes you feel that way at the end. It definitely is. And it's, it's definitely, it, it seems like it's achieved a status in your mind where it lives outside of criticism or analysis. Yeah. It's just like, it's an iconic thing that you carry with you. Mm-hmm. Much the same way, like, I don't I don't care to dissect Terminator 2 uh, <laughs> in my brain. And I didn't pick it for this series because some things just like, that live outside being considered a movie even. It's just mm-hmm. a presence you carry with you. So whether mm-hmm. it's just listening to the audio in the car on long trips, just quoting endlessly back to your friends. Obviously, before having seen this, I was aware of its kind of outsized influence in the female and gay spaces particularly, mm-hmm. where this has achieved like, not, not even cult status, just like Mount Rushmore status <laughs> of movies. Um, but yeah, it's it, it felt... It felt like the world had circled back to it, watching it now. It felt both out of time and both really relevant to the, mm. the current day and age. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into, like, I think there is a, a Venn diagram overlap of modern feminism and women positivity and this movie that has come and gone. But I think they overlap really nicely these days. Yeah, I think so too. I think you, you're onto something there. I, uh, it's just uh, there's a lot of really relevant themes. I think you mm-hmm. brought it up already. You know, this is definitely problematic in a couple of different ways. <laughs> um, I wasn't gonna make too much hay out of that, honestly, because yeah, there's some problematic stuff. I think this uh, this movie lives and dies by its tone and its energy and its mm-hmm. general vibe. Like from moment one, when the song kicks in and we're in this like bubblegum scented universe right it's just it's just completely on its sleeve about what it is and it's very straightforward and it's very uh, like confident in its tone and its theme it's yes this is an it's effervescence it's unapologetic because mm-hmm. well, why would it apologize for itself this is a very fun movie jesse i really enjoyed watching this time so this was your first real watch of this movie give us your the hot first- take 
Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. So yeah, this is a this is a, a glass of champagne. The movie. This is the lightest, <laughs> most like cotton candy, like uh, like gossamer thin movie I've ever watched. Maybe, and it's it's infectious for I think that very reason. So, uh, yeah, there are arguments to be made that it's definitely a flawed movie. Its plot does not matter by and large. Uh, the most serious plot elements are wrapped up in a line or two, which is good because movies that are short are more fun and that's good. So it's just, it's a movie that I think Roger Ebert said, this is a movie that's impossible not to like. And I think he's onto Aww. something there too, because it is just fun. It's just relentlessly positive. It has a lot to say about serious feminist issues, but it just has this courage of its own convictions that you just sail along with this movie. It's like, okay, cool. I like the vibe here. This is lighter than air. I'm floating alongside this movie. It's mm -hmm. just a fun way to spend 90 minutes. And what a blessed number Absolutely. that is. Ooh. Um, <laughs> to your point, the, the shortness, <laughs> the short and sweetness of the movie just makes it all the more digestible to me. You could just yes, watch it over and over <laughs> and I'm sorry I've not done you similar favors with the movies I've chosen and will continue to choose. I don't have like a really short one in the bunch. I guess Chungking is not terribly long, I guess. But uh, but no, bad. this movie this movie breathes really well. And it's so funny watching its refusal to commit to the plot it set out for itself. Because while everything does pay off in, in honestly the most obvious generic ways, this is not a surprising movie in any no. way. Um it's insistence on when it's time to wrap up the Linda Cardellini murder, it's going to happen suddenly. It's going to be three lines. And then that plot line is done. It's over. It's this, over. This is in service of a vibe. We're here to celebrate Elle and for her. And I, I hope you understand what I, what I mean when I say this, when I heard her to bring her bimbo energy, which is a word that's very much in the zeitgeist right now, which is very much celebrated by young folks these days to almost like, <laughs> Forrest Gump by by sheer will or sheer force of will bring a positive energy and a singular outlook that is impossible to refuse that lifts all boats in the harbor. It's just L is going to be this tornado of positivity <laughs> and insistence upon herself. She's the bravest person in the entire universe because she knows exactly how she comes off and she deserves her place in this universe. It's the best. <laughs> I like I, every little girl should have something like this. Even if like yeah. some like the person we're rooting for in real life is not this, but every person could aspire to have the same energy themselves. It's great. Absolutely. It's great. It's just fun. It's just a Roger Ebert was right. How could you not love this movie? Uh, or you just can't not love this movie. <laughs> and if you're to pick uh, a fight with the, the movie, yeah, if, yeah, it's impossible not to like the movie, I think is what he said. And I think if you if you don't like the movie, that's that's fine. But I can guess why you don't like it. And you're missing the point if sure. that's why you don't like it. Is that That's kind of my Such take a great, on that. Yes, love that. Um, and, you know, I think when we, when we really dive into it, I think there's just so many moments that I just get blown away by every time i think we might as well let's just get into it so okay, legally blonde tell us the plot okay sure legally blonde is a story of l woods a f uh, a fabulous in all senses in terms of style personality and personal wealth um gets dumped by her highfalutin cracker ass wasp boyfriend because of her <laughs> general bimbo energy she then pursues the boyfriend to harvard law school through sheer determination to win him back and prove herself as a serious woman and learns along the way that men ain't shit 
Sisters are doing it for themselves, and she deserves happiness in this life. That's Legally Blonde. Love that. That was beautifully said. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, this movie starts out with the most ridiculous scene ever. Yeah. Uh, it it's Cinderella you... being dressed by the the forest creatures. That's it's... what I thought of this whole time. Oh, my God. That's, that's such a great... <laughs> It's an entire population of of uh, pretty white girls just like living to serve a letter being delivered to their queen at their uh, sorority. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's very bad, but it's very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this letter journey as Elle is um, preparing for her proposal to Warner uh, mm-hmm. is crazy. And her two best friends we meet in the scene mm-hmm. um, and you get to know just sort of the type of people they are. And to play on your word here, like the, the bimbo element is very much at play. Yeah. Um, but what I also really appreciated about this this moment is it is definitely – uh, women supporting women. And I think more we get more into that when you see Elle preparing for the LSATs. Yeah. Um, they they encourage her, they challenge her um, to do her thing there. But, um, you know, sort of circling back before we get there, Elle really plays into that uh, when she's getting dumped by Warner, uh, that just bawling, terribly annoying... My boyfriend just dumped me a person. And we're like, As is no. her right, sure. <laughs> yeah. But we've also seen at this point a glimmer of her of her brilliance because she's shopping for her engagement dress and Correct. she's in this store and this woman tries to mm-hmm. dupe her. Um, and she's like, you can't do uh, a half loop top stitching on the hem. Uh, it would snag <laughs> Why not? the fabric. That's right. It would snag the fabric. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I saw this in a June Vogue a year ago. So nice try. Uh-huh. Um, so all of those. Which is really also great. kind of a clever setup for, like a payoff that's going to come with one of the key witnesses in the case at the very end of the movie. Yes. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's setting up a character and this is okay. So let's establish this. The, um, the pushback to Elle as a human being, the criticism she receives throughout the movie from each new person she encounters is so cartoonishly over the top and ardent and dumb that that was the one thing that was like, okay, well, this person in real life probably has a pretty easy go of things. And despite the fact that like outside very of the context privileged. of law school, yeah. she's probably, she's a very privileged person. So that was what it, it was. It, it occurred to me naturally. And I was eventually found out this was a real thing. This feels like a musical from the <laughs> first moment this movie starts. This feels a like a stage thing. play. Mm-hmm. It is a real thing, a very successful real thing as a matter of fact, but it's one of those things like, like it's, Everything is so heightened, just as it would be on a stage play in a musical, um, that it took me a second to kind of get the wavelength of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it bothered me a touch because it's like no one, an entire campus at Harvard would not necessarily look at you and treat you like shit all the time, every day, no matter what. But never mind. That, that's It's a stupid criticism to raise against a silly movie. But go, go right ahead, Jesse. No, there are stereotypes all around this movie. Um, yeah. 
there's the stereotype of Elle being this California girl who says like a lot. Uh Um, And then there's the stereotype of these people who go to Harvard who are, Uh you know, snooty East Coasters. Which Um, probably true. Probably for a reason. Yeah. Probably accurate. But, you know, that scene where they're meeting all of the all of the Harvardians um, and once like I was deworming orphans in Somalia uh-huh. you know you're like uh, what and Stephen Hawking's <laughs> stole his brief history of time uh-huh. from my fourth grade paper it's like <laughs> fuck off like I don't really want to be around those people as no, much as I don't want to be around like Elle's parents you know <laughs> those are all yeah the, their parents are having a good time they're out by the pool they're enjoying a nice martini they're probably hey. evil and have profited off of blood bloodshed in the Congo or something but yeah they're an okay time compared to the Harvard campus yeah no i was saying i don't like i wouldn't want to hang out with either party i think no they're all bad yeah Yeah. (laughs) they're all bad the nerds are especially bad i think that this movie raises the point uh which is way ahead of its time that uh, and has been borne out by real life that nerds are the most evil vile people on this planet they are capable of the uh, humanity's greatest evil uh and they are what the force that's most powerfully ruining the world for everybody right now so thanks a lot nerds (laughs) Stupid nerds. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, the the beginning movie the, the movie really sets it up and, and it takes you takes you through to that breakup. Um, but then you see this crazy determination come out of her. Like yep. if she sets her mind to something, she's gonna do it. Uh, yes, and is. it may be for the wrong reasons, but she's gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I empathize with that a lot. I'm a lot like that. Like if I set my mind to something, I'm going to do that and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And maybe it wasn't the right thing, but I'll learn that afterwards in some form of a lesson. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I think that is also a very relatable thing. Like once you put your mind to something, you're just going to go and do it. And it's very admirable. The thing she's doing is not an easy thing to do. She is has no experience. <laughs> she uh, she has not studied law in any shape or form. No. She's studying fashion. Although throughout uh-huh. this first part of the movie, they totally bash on fashion majors, which is a really... Which bummer. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should be said that one of the writers of this movie was Elle Woods, basically. She right. was also a fashion merchandising major in college. And should also be said up front, I didn't connect the dots on this until watching it this time, that the writing team behind this movie is responsible for a lot of precious memories to me when I was uh, ah. a young kid. They wrote 10 Things I Hate About You. They wrote this movie, of course, which is iconic. Um, they wrote The House Bunny, which is hilarious oh, and yeah. a really good time, fun movie. And they wrote She's the Man with Amanda Bynes with baby okay, Channing Tatum that was there. that's a great movie. Exactly. I think the best of which is almost certainly 10 Things Hate About You, which was one of my very favorite movies. Uh, maybe one of my favorite teen movies of all time. Right. Excellent stuff. But yeah, some credit where credit's due. Who, who are we talking about here? So it's based on a novel by Amanda Brown, but it was adapted by Karen McCullough, who I think is probably the most direct real-life equivalent to Elle Woods, and mm. her writing partner, Kirsten Smith. So credit. Ladies, excellent job here, bud. Well done all around. And, you know, uh, female written, that's cool. Uh, yeah. I don't think this movie could have been written by a man, so that's great. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, that it was true to that a little bit. Um, the The other thing we dive into here uh, is once she gets she gets accepted, you see her je- like trudge all of her stuff over to the East Coast, uh, and it looks <laughs> like she has gotten all the way there with her top down on her car, which is hilarious. Yes. 
And a um, dog in the car. A <laughs> tiny dog. How have we not talked about Bruiser yet? <laughs> bruiser. But I, I, I've never cared for Chihuahuas very much. I'm not sure what it is about them. They're they're not my they're not cursed animals. I still love all dogs. All dogs are wonderful. All dogs all are miracles. Dogs. <laughs> but I'm not not much of a Chihuahua person. How do you feel about the Chihuahua in general? Not not a big fan. The only reason <laughs> that I would have one is to have a bruiser. It would be named like a bruiser. Halloween costume. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. would be named Bruiser. If I ever had a Chihuahua, no question about its name. Um, like that would be the reason to get a Chihuahua is to pay homage to this movie. Yeah, and it was the it was a sign of the times that if you were a fabulously wealthy, fashionable white person, yes. you had to have a tiny, tiny dog. Yes. Itty bitty dog. That goes with you everywhere. <laughs> um, also, what dorm lets you keep the dog in your room? I'm a little jealous of that. Someone wrote, I was looking through letterbox reviews of this movie, and someone said, love the movie. Are we sure that dog can go everywhere that dog is able to go in this movie? Uh, the, the Bruiser has a lot of access to a lot of places, including a federal prison, I believe, at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is he with her in the prison? <laughs> I think so. I think he's everywhere. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> That's, That's such a great example of like the mo- the things this movie doesn't care about, which right. make this movie better. Like, who cares? Yeah. The dog is there. It's great. Oh, my gosh. Love it. Um, so she goes to Harvard. She gets into uh-huh. Harvard. I don't think we're she missing does. anything major up until that point. Not really. Um, the introduction of like a nice little Greek chorus structure and her two friends that follow her around right. everywhere. Uh, Alana Yubak was is one of my favorite working actresses. She's the brunette friend. Um, oh, what uh, else is she in? Oh, she was. She's in everything jesse it would take too long but no she's just been one of those people that's in every single property forever she was most recently in euphoria on hbo she was the best friend character in a movie that was very important shouts out chris damon a movie called airborne in the mid 90s which is one of my favorite movies of all time now she's just she's one of those like oh hey alana ubox here hey what's going on she's cool she rules nice yeah, she is cool. I like her. Of the two, she would be my pick. Um, <laughs> Margot is played by Jessica Caulfield. And she's great. No disrespect to her. I'm just more familiar with Alana Ubox's work. That's totally yeah, fine. She does a great know. job here. Oh, she was in White Chicks. That's interesting. Ah, uh, there we go. Which makes sense. She has an incredible face. And she does yes, such she great does. work with her incredible face the entire movie. Like she's given an entire performance just from her chin up the entire movie. It's good stuff. Oh my gosh. And her story about the lucky scrunchie. My lucky scrunchie. <laughs> how I pass Spanish. Uh-huh. You pass Spanish because you gave Professor Montoya a lap dance. That's correct. Yeah. While wearing luckily. my lucky scratchy. Yeah, luckily. There it was. That's perfect. Yes. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Real moment. good energy off these wonderful gals. Love them. So good. And actually, the three of them, if you if you were to put all three of their faces next to one another, they all have amazing faces. Reese, Incredible faces. Um, the other two, just mm-hmm. great. Just dynamic, fun I've to been look at. I've been thinking a lot about that recently. I've been thinking a lot about because I've had so much time to just watch stuff that you're left with Mm -hmm. thoughts that you would normally just like disregard or move on from because I'm not going anywhere. I've been thinking a lot about how so much of casting just comes down to hiring funny looking people or people Mm -hmm. that look like casting alongside like cartoon character archetypes, you know, Mm -hmm. like if someone is mostly mustache and you can barely see their face, that's good casting. Excellent stuff. If someone looks like their pet, Great stuff. It seems like stupid, <laughs> stupid nonsense, but it has a huge impact. Anyway, so we'll continue to talk about faces for the remainder of our conversation, but let's move on to exactly. some other faces, shall we? 
<laughs> Let's do. Um, so Reese is at Harvard now. Uh, and so she is meeting all of her Harvard people. And it's not fun. They are just mm-hmm. totally rejecting the idea of an Elwoods at Harvard. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not going well. And you immediately start to see how she might feel isolated in this situation. Mm-hmm. But it gets worse. She goes to her first. Well, first of all, she makes an amazing entrance uh, and is reintroduced <laughs> to Warner. Yes. And she's like, oh, Warner, hi. What are you doing here? Oh, I go here now. <laughs> just If you just want to recreate the rest of the movie, that's fine. That's probably oh more gosh. valuable than any conversation no. we can have about it. I can't recreate it as good as it is for the watching. So you should just watch it. Um, <laughs> but that's such a great moment. Uh, and he's like, you got into Harvard Law? Iconic mm-hmm. moment here. What? Like it's hard? Yep. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Just so good. Just owning herself and trying to say, Warner, uh, you missed out here, bud. Yeah. And I'm here to you get goofed, you back. Dummy. You done you goofed. goofed. You thought I wasn't serious? Well, look at me now. I'm <laughs> fucking serious. I'm going to Harvard. But then immediately that gets drowned out by the fact that she is not prepared for class and the teacher kicks no. her out. I love that scene, by the way. It's so good. <laughs> it's it's very good. And that's the introduction of Holland Taylor, who Oh Holland Taylor rules. When is she bad? She's always fucking incredible. And she brings the same energy to almost everything. But yes, she's introduced as a well, I think the the movie plays with a lot of uh, female archetypes throughout, mm-hmm. and this is the this is the, one of them. the icy ball buster. There is the like angry man hating lesbian. There's of course the bimbos from the sorority, and then there's the icy. Uh, well, basically, let's talk about Selma Blair, man. Yes. I, I I love Selma Blair. I think she's wonderful in this movie. What are your thoughts? She's fabulous in this movie. I love her in this movie. I, and the other thing I I really noticed this time, and it just stood out to me as just really funny, is every yeah. class that they're in. And Elle contributes something. The next uh-huh. person who's called on is Vivian. It's like the professors know. They mm-hmm. know that there's a feud there. And they're 100%. like, hmm, wouldn't it be funny if uh, mm-hmm. we call on this person next? Uh, oh, it's just a laugh there because <laughs> she's just undermining her at every moment she can possibly do it. It's, uh, a, it's, a, it's a really great performance. Selma Blair was maybe my uh, number one crush spot for a good decade uh, nice. when I was growing up. I, I was in love with Selma Blair and I never checked this one out. I don't know why. But uh, she's really great in kind of a in what would have been a thankless role if her character didn't end up where she was because she's mm-hmm. just there to like like be the recipient of Sorkin-esque monologues <laughs> that tell her off and make her feel like a bad person. But uh-huh. she like she sells it really well and she's committed to it and it um the fact that that we end the movie with the 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 post note, the footnote that they are now best friends is like that's the point of the movie. The point of the yes. movie is like these women are very different and they've been pitted against one another because of misogynistic stereotypes and ingrained misogyny. Them being best friends is the point of this movie. Yes, rules. women supporting women. That's Go. right. Do it. Um, and one thing you must appreciate, Elle, is that from the very beginning, she is not trying to make Vivian look awful like Vivian is trying to do to her. She's nope. trying to sort of befriend her. Uh, and yeah, she gets pissed off along the way because Vivian's <laughs> an absolute terror to her at Yeah, she sucks. Moments. Yeah. Um, including one of the best scenes, which is the costume party. <laughs> <laughs> girls this party is super fun nice outfit 
Oh, I like your outfit too, except when I dress up as a frigid bitch, I try not to look so constipated. <laughs> yeah, classic mix em up. Uh, Elle is convinced that she's going to a costume party, of course, shows up in a Playboy bunny look. Because uh, that, that's the vibe, man. That's Elle Woods all over. That's Elle Woods. And, then, and the mean, fancy, rich brunette woman <laughs> is mean to her. She's mean? No. But I love, I love Elle's response to this in the moment when she's realizing it's not a costume party. Oh, well, when I dress up like a frigid bitch, I try not to look so constipated. Like, uh-huh. yes, Elle, get uh-huh. it. Yes, that was good. And I feel like we should we should stop because I think this entire movie lives and dies by like like what it's trying to convey is a general positivity that uh, if women have disagreements, that's fine. But women are largely pitted against each other in this world. And they're convinced from a very early age that there's only room for three or four types of women in the world and mm-hmm. some are superior than others. Um, the This movie fundamentally does not work unless you cast Reese Witherspoon in this. Reese Witherspoon's yes. is absolutely selling the shit out of this character. She is the reason this movie is successful as it is because she's walking a very fine line the entire time. When Even if she's in bimbo mode, I I, I hope we're not going to get in trouble for using the word. The word, the, the word has come around in the lexicon. But when she's in bimbo mode, you can read on her face that she's anticipating having to be defiant. She's uh, mapping and projecting people's low expectations of her yes. on her face the entire time. Like she's bracing for something at all times and insisting with every word to be the person that she is. There's a lot of subtle work happening in a very big performance. And this was, this was the thing that made Reese happened because right before here, yes, she she'd been acting from a very early age. She was most recently, I believe, in uh, uh, um, uh, oh damn it, well, election uh, before this, and oh. as well as Pleasantville, um, and she had played almost uh, a mirror image archetype of um a very ambitious young woman but very more of a hillary clinton type in election mm. more like a like a oh, ruthless yeah, yeah, yeah. pragmatist right uh-huh. it, it, it rules it's so good i love it very much and here she's playing a just a completely in the clouds version of that same character still ambitious still ruthless to the extent that she needs to be but just very determined and doggedly optimistic without everything and and her face is telling that entire story before every line that comes out of her mouth she's doing a lot yes. with a very silly over the top movie i love what you said about she is um she's or she's trying not to meet the expectations that everybody has yeah. put on her in that moment because i think that's something that happens a lot you meet someone and you make an assumption about them you might make an assumption about her because she's wearing polka dots or she's wearing bright pink or whatever um you know and i think that that happens so very often because i wear x i will not be taken seriously or because i am a platinum blonde i will not be taken seriously those are very real real things and she she struggles with that because those um stereotypes are put on her i think you see that again like in the resume moment like maybe your resume moment shouldn't be pink or scented but you know smells pretty good it smells smells pretty good there's an assumption there that 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 what's on the resume is not as important as the fact that it's pink (laughs) or scented and coming from this person you know nothing about but um you know i think she fights against those uh and she 
she has to work harder as a result of those assumptions on her. Yeah. Um, and, and we she know also that that... has to work really hard. I'm sorry to interrupt. She also has to work no. really hard because she's at the same time having to insist upon her own humanity. She's having to insist mm-hmm. that she is right and I have chosen the way I present myself to the world and I'm not going yeah. to change it. So I don't have she's to explain in... it to anybody. Exactly. Exactly right. Like, I understand you're going to have problems with this. And I know that that is your right as a human, I guess. But she, before, like as she meets new characters, she's given each of them a chance to be kind to her. Yes, you know? she has. Yeah. Um, and this it might seem like such a silly thing to spend too much time over, but I think this it's a really dense performance that Reese is giving. Like every every person she meets, I'm gonna be me, and I know what comes with that. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a chance to be a kind person to me. I know you're probably statistically not going to, and I'm gonna have something ready to defend myself with if need be. But which conversation are we gonna have? The nice one mm-hmm. or the mean one? And she's ready either way. It's really cool. It is good. It's it's a great performance. It's definitely one that has stuck with me, obviously, uh, <laughs> throughout throughout many years. So, and I've loved Reese's, you know, entire entire career for the most part. She's done some pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, like what what presence has she had in your life? Is she like a, a continued presence? Do you seek out media with her in it, or what is your perception of Reese Witherspoon been over the past few years? Um, well, recently, I've really appreciated everything that she has done for the women in her business. You know, she's yeah. created a production company or a, a company, right, mm-hmm. that is dedicated to um, producing uh, uh, and and uh, creating work mm-hmm. created by women, which um, is sick. Yeah. All kinds of women, and it is it's incredible. It's 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 an empowerment of others, and I think, um, you know, it, to a certain extent, she is definitely a reflection of her character. Some of this is very exaggerated, of course, but like you really see some of those elements come to life for Reese uh, in yeah. real life, and I think that's that's one of them. So I think I've been following her work with that, especially she's adapting some. She's she has adapted, I should say, and is going to continue to do so. Some books I really, really yeah. love. Um, and so just keeping an eye uh, on those on those movies have been really fun. Um, I'm going through sort of the list right now, like Little Fires Everywhere is a TV sure. show that just came out, really miniseries um, based on a book. Uh, Big really Little Lies, good. She Big Champion in production. Yeah, yeah, yeah huge powerhouse cast as well mm-hmm. um so lots of different uh, gone girl she was the producer on that which uh, rules we'll a, cover that at some point movie. i love that movie so much the book is also in it kicks ass uh, it's the best yeah so and these are these are all of the things that she has also been a producer on uh, as well as been in you know so mm-hmm. you've seen actually i don't know that she was in gone girl necessarily but she's she was in not many no, of she the produced it yeah. that she produces um but i really appreciate that and i'm excited to see what that creates she's got a lot of powerful women at part of her mm-hmm. organization or or um you know company that she created and i'm really excited to see what what comes from that um, yeah, she's I, leveraged like she's leveraging her power and influence in the industry to just funnel money towards women, which yes. kicks ass. It fucking rules. And I don't think it was until like my mom told me how famous Reese Witherspoon was because my mm. mom discovered what an Instagram influencer was a little bit late in the game. That's fine. Um, we'd already been like swimming in that sea for a while. And my my mom just mentions like we see her on TV or something at one point. And she's like, do you know like 
that she's an entire business and a mogul. I was like, no, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, her, she's, she's what's called an influencer, Corey. So she has a very popular social media feed where she actually recommends brands and has this whole marketplace dedicated around her. I didn't, I don't think I realized the outsized impact that Reese Witherspoon has on so many women for so many different reasons until my mom expressed to me like, no, she, she basically is Oprah now. She's an enormous deal. She is. And and rightly so. She built that. Again, you know, I think she could have easily been an actress that just moved through her parts and, and went on, but she's doing so much more with her influence and her um and her connections and her mm-hmm. clout in the industry, which I think is huge. I actually, you know, I was just going through her film uh her filmography here. I saw her very first movie. Have you seen The Man on the Moon or Man in I the have moon? seen I have seen The Man oh on the Moon years and years ago. Yeah. Did you like that one? I mean devastating <laughs> but I, re- I remember almost nothing about it besides the fact that it's always shown in retrospectives about her they just show yeah. they just they just cut over to like huge baby-faced Reese Witherspoon in that movie and I'm like yeah. oh she's been around a while hadn't she our my first thing was Pleasantville like I saw her oh, in Pleasantville yeah. she's mm-hmm. great in that movie in a movie that is also great she's excellent in that playing very much against what her type would be because I think she was Hollywood was carving a very particular lane for her when she first started out. She it was were. she was a man eater, she was a ball breaker. She she was uh, in no uncertain terms cast as the bitch for a lot of years, and I think she she did a lot of work to kind of redefine what uh, expectations could be of her and has gone on to have a storied like multifaceted career. And all, all the best to Reese Witherspoon. You're a legend, bud. Good for you. Yeah, and she she won her Oscar for Walk the Line June, uh-huh. as June Carter. She played. She was amazing in that movie. Yeah, great. Um, so uh, lots of lots of connections to Reese throughout, and I think they're like little touch points. This is obviously the biggest milestone for me with her, uh, mm-hmm. Legally Blonde. Um, but I definitely think she has continued to show just how talented she is in many different lanes. So yep. good for that. you. Good for good you, job, extremely Reese. rich, famous person. Good job. <laughs> um i also know that beyonce always sends her the newest collection because i follow her on instagram (laughs) that's pretty nice that's a a nice connection to have yeah little ivy park uh, (laughs) swag every once in a while heck yeah dude who would i i I think it's it's uh uh, really cheap being rich i think (laughs) i think you get a lot of stuff for free and if you're friends with beyonce then you gotta you gotta you gotta ask the question like hey hey you you got some new stuff coming out could I, uh, you gonna, you know, uh... I'll put it on my, uh, Instagram. Okay, great. All right. <laughs> Back so to the, the movie. There, there are so many people to talk about in this damn movie. This cast mm-hmm. is absolutely stacked. Every five minutes they're introducing somebody new. Um, you want to go through some of them real quick? Yeah, um, we can't, we would be remiss if we, come on. we haven't even talked about her nope. yet. But come on. Jennifer Let's Coolidge. Go. Let's Come go. on. Talk about a performance <laughs> as the wonderful Paulette. Wonderful. Um, Jesus. She's so good. She's she is so good. One of the most impressive actors on God's earth. Yes. Jennifer Coolidge, everything she is damn in, she is giving a million percent. She is the most surprising actor in any given project. Yes. Because she she is on a completely different wavelength than everybody else in every project. So she's both perfect and a complete space alien all the time. Um she's she's like Christopher Walken weird with some of her line deliveries. Yes. And they're always perfect. She's stunning actress, just the best. 
And from beginning to end, from beginning when Elle is running to her for therapy, essentially, yeah. um, all the way through, uh, I'm taking the dog, uh-huh. dumbass, dumbass. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and all the way to the end when she finally gets the UPS guy because That's she right. broke his nose, <laughs> the bend and snap works every time. Okay, uh-huh. that scene is, that is a Lynchian nightmare of a scene. That scene goes on for 15 damn minutes and it's <laughs> so strange and out of nowhere. There's just a dance sequence Excellent. in the middle of everything. It's it's bizarre, but yeah, you know, go ahead. You mentioned this a moment ago, but Legally Bond is in fact a musical and I don't yes. have the same attachment that I do to the movie. Fair. And I can tell you this because I worked at a playhouse the same summer I was living in Maine. Um, that where they did Legally Blonde and the office that I worked in was literally attached to the theater. So every damn performance, I had to hear these songs. Uh. And if you think the movie (laughs) is a level of annoying, just wait till you hear the chorus of some of these songs. But now so it's like, two and a half hours, and now there's a bunch. We have to dedicate a musical number to every tertiary character of the, yes, of the music. Exactly. Of this, this musical starts by going, Oh my God, oh my God, you guys. Like, and it then <laughs> refrains that like 50 more times in the one song. And you're like, which oh to be fair is, is not unlike how we start every episode of this show. It's not completely <laughs> chemically different than how we start this show. Respect where it's due. But yeah, I can imagine like this 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 movie is walking a wire the whole time it's on. Yes. And that wire is exactly 90 minutes long. And then any longer than that, it's like you're losing me, guys. You're losing me. So <laughs> this is this is maybe the perfect dosage of this energy. And there are certain musicals you could probably listen to over and over again. Legally Bond the Musical, in my opinion, not one of them. You just can't do it. You need it in small doses. And I love the movie. So it's just rough. But anyways, back to Jennifer Coolidge, um, who's amazing in this movie. You just you love her transition. Um and she sort of she does evolve, but she's still very much herself. Well her arc is her arc is getting some D her arc is getting late basically. And it rules. That's like what, like there was another arc that like Andy McDowell's arc and magic Mike double XL was also getting laid. It it kicks ass. That's, that's empowering for its own reason. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, she, she gets the guy, which is amazing. Um, and it sounds like this guy is very supportive and respectful of her. He broke her, he broke his nose and he did still in love with her, you know, good for them. Um, well, she's fine as hell. Jennifer Coolidge is uh, like a million percent babe. I can't blame him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely crushed on her long before she broke yeah, his nose. Yeah, for sure. For sure. the fact that she broke his nose and then presumably got to spend some time with him in the hospital as he was waiting <laughs> for his emergency services, I think really uh, did the deal in. Uh, for sure. <laughs> okay, let's let's I think we're going to have to rapid fire some of these other people in yeah, this yeah, damn yeah, cast. Like going. respect where it's due. Uh Luke Wilson kicks Luke ass Wilson. is similar bimbo energy in his career. Like I think he's yeah. like categorized along the same lines as L Woods, but he's like the nice, sweet, accommodating like a uh, tenured lawyer that's uh-huh. uh spying on coeds on the campus of Harvard. In any that's other circumstance spying. would be creepy. He's he's very he's very charming in this movie he's and he works charming. For one of the best actors alive, Victor Garber. Uh, I know Victor Garber's performance just in perfect general, in anything that he's in. I love always him. good. Wait, I'm going to rewind back to Luke Wilson for a moment. Okay, go ahead. Best yeah, yeah, yeah. line, best line in the movie. Uh, how do you think I'd look as blonde? <laughs> 
<laughs> which is a nod to his how much he looks like his brother, um, yes, which is hilarious. Is. Yeah, um, uh-huh. So it's it's a great. There's a lot of context in that line. I really love. Luke it. Wilson is an undervalued asset in a lot of the movies that he's in. <laughs> yeah. I think he's doing a lot. Uh, I think he's doing a lot more than people give him credit for. But yeah, he's he shows up. He's ready to play. He's committed. He's just like this charming guy uh, that like y- you need someone like quote unquote respectable to buy in and love your main character when everybody else isn't and he does he does a great job he does Not a lot to work and with he but believes he in her from the beginning he's sort yeah. of one of those people who who doesn't doesn't judge her almost ever um yeah. maybe maybe at the very beginning but even when she's like buying the computer in her you know uh playboy <laughs> bunny, her bunny suit, outfit uh, she says, don't ask. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Did that Mac not come in pink? I was thinking this during the movie. Was no. orange the closest they got to pink on that one? It was. And another another Damn. reason this movie becomes even more and more one of my favorite movies is they have the orange clamshell yeah. Mac into this She was movie. sick. It was yeah. so good. She, Elwood's is the one person who didn't get Bondi blue uh, with her true. with her MacBook. Yeah. Thank God, the orange was by far <laughs> the best color. I would buy like a vintage <laughs> a vintage version of that Mac. I would love to own it. Oh, so. you, you could frame that on your wall. That's a nice little conversation piece for the coffee table, maybe. It's such a good point. I might do that. Watch out. <laughs> um, but yes, Victor Garber. <laughs> such a funny interesting little performance in this uh-huh. movie he basically is the villain of the movie to a certain well to many extents but he i didn't know villain. it was gonna go there i did i i, I should have seen oh, really? it coming and i did not i had no idea like because i know victor garber can play an evil prick like mm-hmm. he does it a lot like he's he's an evil prick in alias which i loved him and he's great um but i i thought legitimately that they're like well this is the one guy of a certain age that is gonna believe in her and see some talent in her and no, he's exactly what you should probably assume that he is at the end of the movie yeah a slime ball um <laughs> and you know you really and, and to your point at the beginning of the movie they they wrap things up in a tiny little bow at every yep. single moment and this uh-huh. is this is one of those moments but i think it, they <laughs> they spend a little time um emphasizing how this kind of behavior can affect a woman, right? Yeah. And and they show her saying, nothing that I did was of value because it wasn't all, it wasn't about me and my work. It was about yeah. him thinking that I was attractive. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. And that it is sucks. spiraling. Um, and you sort of see that. Um, and you see her sort of give up. And, you know, then we have another another great moment with Holland, Ta- Holland Taylor where she's oh, like, if so you're good. going to let... <laughs> One little prick ruin your uh-huh. life, you know. So that is—it's so good that moment where she turns, she turns it around. But mm-hmm. you really are able to sort of see a, a brief glimpse into the the to this point at least. Uh, you know, these are relatively mild repercussions of an action like this. Um, yeah, and so you know, well, re- relevant for the time, I think yeah. appropriate for the time. We weren't to the point yet where we were ostracizing men for bad bad sexual behavior. Doesn't he even? He's even in the graduation scene, isn't he? Like, he's, yeah, he is. He's not like disbarred for exactly, it. Exactly. He, he gets kicked off one case. Yeah, which is which is another baffling thing to watch, and you know, indicates that it's a movie of its time, not of of now. It's not necessarily timeless in that sense, because that wouldn't be 
something that happens. Um, like he, you know, or we all would, know what would have happened. Or yeah. maybe, or would, or good if, point. like if there are industries that aren't as public facing as public media and entertainment, you know, I mm-hmm. think it's easier with the, the more eyeballs you have on something, the more, the more light shown on it. So there, there are certainly like the, the default factor for most men in power who behave poorly uh, uh, is to suffer no consequences whatsoever. Yes. I think Great like we've point. seen small yeah. momentum here. Yes, you're you're totally right. Um, but yeah, his his performance in the movie is is fun throughout, um, and then you know he becomes the the evil villain that he is. Um, but it's it's a bad good performance. Bad man, uh, bad man. Good performance. Victor Garber rules. Uh, Holland Taylor, real quick thoughts. Holland Taylor, you gotta love her. I you gotta love her. Law is reason, free from passion. Uh-huh. I lo- oh oh gosh, this leads me to another actor who I love in this movie. Go ahead. Um, Oz Perkins, who oh, yeah. plays Dorky David. Dorky Kidney. Dave. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my gosh, I love when she's like, "Would you stake your life on the answer that this is Aristotle?" He's like, yes. And then, you know, she plays. Well, you were right, chump. Stand up for yourself. Yeah, exactly. What about what about this guy's life? Would you put his life on it? Uh, and he's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and his performance throughout is also great. Sort of another supporter, quieter supporter of L. Yeah. Um, as yeah. sort of the outcast, right? Like he he's a little bit of a extreme on the dork end. Um, well, even I think for he's, Harvard. I, I would say or dork spectrum, so to speak. I think this is yeah, early yeah, autistic yeah, yeah. representation in media before we had the vocabulary to describe that <laughs> confidently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of great players here. We eventually um, uh, L gets her first big break uh, in terms of. Uh, her burgeoning career by snagging a fellowship or an internship with Victor Garber's law firm because he has just recently landed an enormous case defending Brooke Taylor Wyndham, played by Allie Larder. Legend. Great. Allie Larder, I want better things for her. Put her in more stuff. She's excellent in this. As a uh, a, a, a workout tape guru uh, in the mold of Jane Fonda, who has been accused of murdering her much older husband, uh, presumably to take his fortune. Maybe the best line of the whole movie. Which one? Endorphins make you happy. And yeah. happy people just don't shoot their husbands. They don't. <laughs> they don't. And it's this is the this is when we start to see this uh okay, so Elle is obviously a very bright gifted woman. She uh she can read a room really well. She's obviously connected to a, a different plane of experience and can leverage that for good. Uh this is uh, this is when we start to see that if this were any other case Elle might not have had the experience she has in this movie (laughs) because this is a person she idolizes. She went to her workout classes. Uh, She makes all these connections based on how you treat a perm Um, (laughs) post-conditioning. That's an epic moment. We've got to give it more credit than that. Come on. We we also must uh, simply stand Linda Cardellini as Chutney uh, with the enormous perm. Linda Cardellini, my other huge crush when I was a teenager. It was her and Selma Blair. They were like my entire world. This movie as when you were young that you were like oh that oh freaks and geeks oh, for freaks sure and geeks. freaks and yeah, geeks which yeah. is now which is now on hulu i highly recommend you uh watch that as soon as possible because we will be covering that before too long i guarantee uh but no she's great in like a, a two-scene performance where she's a murderer with a bad perm it's the best <laughs> fabulous i remember her from scooby-doo um, oh sure yeah absolutely yeah that scooby-doo's that was important to me also jesse yes that yeah. was a big part of it for me yeah <laughs> 
yeah, they're they're all great. These little pieces of the puzzle here. Um, there's so she. You're right about the fact that she she knows this person. She has this connection. But we gotta give her some credit here. It shows her ability to build a relationship. <laughs> you know, uh, just I'm just giving her some backup at this point. She does no, the she's- work. A very skilled. She would make a good detective, also. I feel also like because she's detective. connected to the to the universe around her. Uh, but no, this case being broken by the fact that she knows how perms work and she knows this workout instructor, it just seems kind of tailor fit to uh, Elle Woods in this particular case. Hey, uh, but there that's... are lawyers for everything, so why can't <laughs> she true. be a lawyer that can crack these cases? Because she knows a lot about fashion uh-huh. and hair and shoes right. and designers. <laughs> like, why the hell not? Yeah, she Corey? can. Yeah, she can. She can out the pool boy. Because she knows that he wouldn't know what the style of shoe was. Yeah, it's it's good. No, this is not a criticism at all. It's silly, and this is a silly movie, and I like it because it's silly. It's great. It's great. You gotta love that moment though in the courtroom where <laughs> Elle has just made made this stance. I'm taking the case. Uh-huh. Uh, kicks Victor Garber out. Uh-huh. And then you're like, oh shit, Elle, you don't really know what you're doing here. Um, but mm-hmm. we've seen her, we've seen her like in her classes, you know, in that great conversation about the guy who donated his sperm, right? <laughs> she won that case. She really uh, did. Yeah. That had very that little was... to do with anything there. She's just like, no, she has a very legal mind. She, she, as soon as you give her access to the information, she's going to crush it. No, you're exactly. right. She's a very competent lawyer. It's just, <laughs> I think this perf this perfect case happens to fall in her lap that launched her career i think hey. we can't stick our nose up at the universe providing us a, an opportunity you know you know perhaps perhaps we should just say sometimes stars align and stars <laughs> and good for her it's and all about it's uh, uh, mostly it's about being in the right place at the right time but l is in the right place all the time she is mm-hmm. the right person for the situation so good for her and you're like, oh gosh, is she gonna is she gonna mess this up? She's gonna send Brooke right back to prison. Uh-huh. But it is revealed that Chutney was in the shower, and she That's establishes right. that she was mm-hmm. in the shower shortly after she got a perm, which is oh gosh, a no no. <laughs> As someone who has received a perm in her life, those things are awful. So I'm so sorry for people who have to receive them on the regular. Yeah, and um, it feels like the the look is coming back too. Big big is. curly hair is back in. So uh, yeah, uh, thoughts out to all the people who have, who are having to perm their hair suddenly. Uh, it smells, man. It's gross. Uh, but anyways, really catches her there, uh, and the whole room erupts in this moment of reveal. Brooke is released. All is good. Elle has this amazing moment. And it is a little bit of a lightning strike. She may never have that moment again. But I think it is a moment that was able to make her see or allow herself to see that she can do it. Yeah, Um, definitely. And that's pretty special. I think for any woman in in their life to know that they can do it. Um, And And moreover, that that they can can create those opportunities for themselves. That if they stick to something and they they have the courage of their convictions, that they can uh, can kind of fabricate a scenario where if they have the opportunity to shine, they can believe in themselves enough to do so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it works. But I'm not criticizing this. I think if they, this movie cares about the right stuff and it does not care about the stuff that no one should care about in this movie. Like, (laughs) I don't need this case to be 
perfectly relevant to law. I do not need to get a lawyer's reaction to this. This is great. When uh, she, she has cross-examination of one person and gets her to confess a murder in about three sentences, that rules. That's exactly the way this should play out in this in this tone and kind of movie. And then it's over. And then we get to talk about like them them being good friends and her uh, graduating. Uh, congr- oh, Jesus Christ. I'm losing it, Jesse. Graduating <laughs> at the top of her class and being best friends and going on to be a senator or whatever. It's great. That's exactly how this should play out. Love it. And we will never review Legally Blonde 2 because it wasn't my favorite. But okay. another nod to Jennifer Coolidge here, who has the best line of Legally Blonde 2, which okay. is, you look like the 4th of July, and it makes me want a hot dog real bad. Yes. I will never not think of Jennifer <laughs> Coolidge because of that line um, on 4th of July. She is that iconic. So And bad. her, I, I can picture, because that was in the trailer. I've never yeah, seen this was. movie. But I can picture her standing stock still, straight up, and the only part of her body that's moving while she's delivered that is her mouth. She's just like this wide-eyed look on her face. Like she's thinking about God and existence, but she really wants a hot dog. Yeah, she's the best. She's the best. I mean, all this to say, there there are many things we can criticize about this movie, but for 11-year-old Jesse, this movie was the cake. I loved it. Um, (laughs) And I will still love it um, now to this day. I loved watching it on my train rides to work. I was like Uh just giggling along the way and just... (laughs) You gotta laugh at it and with it, it's all so good. Um, yeah. There are many other fabulous movies out there, but this one, this one's mine. This one's my movie. I mean, you know what? You know what tastes really good is strawberry milk. And this is the strawberry milk of movies. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a complete vibe. It is its own flavor, its own energy. And Jesse, I gotta tell you, this made complete sense knowing you as long as I have that this was one of your favorite movies because it helped me connect a lot of dots to where your determination comes from where your dogged uh, (laughs) reliance on yourself and insistence on being yourself comes from I see a lot of Elle Woods with you I never really connected those dots before but it makes perfect sense like she has a real Jesse Lynn energy you know Thanks, bud. Very flattering for me to hear. Um, (laughs) But I think it's also, I think, um, you know, another thing I really appreciate is, you know, how unapologetic Elle is to be herself. And that is something that really speaks a lot to me because it took, I I wouldn't even say I'm 100% there, but like, it took me a long time to figure out like it was okay to be a little quirky and it's okay to... To, to have, to wear bright clothing um, and all of those things. It's okay to like glitter. You can still be strong and like glitter, you know? Like all of those things are, are <laughs> accurate, right? Like those are things that, that you hear, you know? You can't, you can't like unicorns if you want to be taken seriously. I don't actually right. really like unicorns. I don't know why I use that example, but like I like wearing, <laughs> I like wearing sequins, you know? And, and why not? I should own that. Um, and I think you really see, you really see how women can be both they can be very very feminine but they can Mm -hmm. also be extremely smart and intelligent and powerful and i loved that about this movie and it was an important message for me to hear at a young age you know hell yeah hell yeah uh so so no this is great i think uh i can't beat that that was so remarkably well put jesse uh that's it um as you get older Part of getting older is realizing that 
all those things your parents said repeatedly to you are absolutely true. And that it took it. Sometimes it takes 20 years to understand that when a parent tells you they're like, no, you should just be yourself. What they're telling you is that you are good and you should be yourself because it is good and I like you. And if they don't like you, they are wrong. They're incorrect. But <laughs> right. that's not that there's a power to that message that can't really sink in. But I think if it gets the point across to young girls and young boys, for that matter, across the country, fucking A, BL Woods, have the courage of yourself. You are good. You deserve to be here. If someone else wants to change the shape you leave, uh, the change the shape of your shadow, that person sucks and should not be taken seriously. Disregard them. It's fine. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's a great movie. Go watch it. This is in my top five. It always will be. And that's all. <laughs> that's all she wrote, folks. So any <laughs> any remaining thoughts? Anything that we missed covering in Legally Blonde? Oh, no. I'm just trying to look at this cast list to make sure we didn't forget anybody. But I think oh. we got every... I think the only person we didn't talk about was Matthew Davis, who played Warner. But, you know... Fine. Fine. Um, and he, he shows up to do a very particular thing. Um, Jennifer Coolidge's ex-husband is played by the janitor from Breakfast Club. I cannot recall his name right now. He's good. I always like when he pops up and stuff. Oh, damn. Raquel Welch. as the- oh, Yes. <laughs> Raquel Welch, finest motherfucker in history, the best looking human being that's ever lived. Also, tremendous actor. She she has one scene where she takes she has the cucumbers taken off her eyes and she shows up in a court and looks great. It's it, she's fine, great. Um, yeah, anybody else? Like every everybody's good in this. Everybody with a small bit role is knows yeah, exactly Meredith, where to pitch themselves. Yeah, go Meredith ahead. Scotland who plays Enid, um, who's sort of the man hating lesbian right stereotype <laughs> sure. here. Very very thankless role that is a cancelable role these days that is yeah. a cancelable role but one of my favorite moments that i just recently picked up on um she's talking to warner at the party that l thinks is a costume party and she's trying to convince him that instead of being named <laughs> Nate semester it should be ovester because yeah, yeah. you know the semester <laughs> is <laughs> implying the masculinity it's just Feminist theory was not a terribly deep pool at that point in academia. I'm not sure there were a lot of great examples of... uh, That was a bad example. (laughs) You're right. If there was one role that was no longer in this movie, if it was made again, it would be this one. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the one. We we could probably get rid of that guy right there, but that's about all... (laughs) Um, no, good movie. Thank you for giving me an excuse to watch this finally. It was a lot of fun. Any excuse. I need none. I need no excuses to watch this <laughs> well, uh, Jesse, uh, the, the universe has given you permission to watch this whenever you would like. It's available on Thank multiple you, streaming universe. platforms. Very easy to find. Um, I you- own it. <laughs> <laughs> Like we, we probably figured, but like like you coming in, like wait, wait, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it. I own this movie. Good stuff, Jess. <laughs> um, so so where are we going next, Corey? Are we, oh, we well, might shoot. Uh, yeah, tell tell we're, us what's number three for you. We are taking a journey to the spiritual plane, my friend. So we kind of uh, announced it during the Raising Arizona episode. My next episode is going to be Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away. Um, uh, if anybody wants to watch along, it, it is HBO Max now has the streaming rights for all Studio Ghibli movies. Uh, this is a very different vibe from Legally Blonde. I hope you'll <laughs> allow me. <laughs> this, is how, uh, this is how a soul finds value in the universe uh, and how a personality and a person take shape. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about it with you. And uh, yeah, we'll save it for when it's uh, relevant, when it's my turn. Can't wait. (laughs) All right. Uh, Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.